Welcome to day 25 of the 31 days of podcasting. For those who are keeping score at home and did not fail math class, we have six more to go. <laughs> All right. And like I promised, you do not have to just listen to my voice. Uh, what I will not promise is that I got a ton of sleep last night, but I am here and I am ready to have a conversation. So, uh, which Aaron is joining me on Skype tonight? Uh, this is Aaron Richardson from ANSR Entertainments. Not Tom Rell, not Aaron Ramsey. Aaron <laughs> from a- from Answer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's all. It's how I always hear it in my head. <laughs> I'm typing out your name, Answer. <laughs> it actually stands for Aaron and Stephanie Richardson. So uh, yep. it really is an amalgam of my wife and I's name because we are the primary creators of everything we do. Well, I totally knew that. That doesn't mean it doesn't doesn't sound like answer whenever I'm talking to you in chat. Oh, I I <laughs> totally call my I I we we refer to it as answer inside the house. So you're 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 in good company, sir. <laughs> so uh, yes, uh, if you couldn't. Uh, if you couldn't tell, clearly Aaron and I are alumni of chat, of the Game Crafter chat. We talk over at the Game Crafter. Uh, Aaron is not new to all us geeks either. We've had a conversation with him before. So he's come on to join me for the 31 days. Uh, so first, thank you for doing that, sir. Thank you for grabbing a slot and coming on and, and having this conversation with me this evening. I appreciate you making time in the schedule. You've been a busy man this month, sir. I I have, uh, but you know it's when 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 Aaron asks, you got to jump, man. <laughs> Which one? Which Aaron? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just gonna leave it there. Uh, but no, you and I have you've you've been especially busy and kind of AWOL for a little bit, so we haven't oh, had okay. a whole lot of conversations recently. I know, I know. Um, right between October and January, we kind of don't do any stuff. We we concentrate on family, and um, we have birthdays and holidays and things of that nature. And then, sure enough, right after that, uh, my wife and I both work in a, at a financial company, and tax season starts hitting. So uh, we get really busy at work. So yeah, I have been very much a wall, especially in chat. I've I've been trying to get in there once in a while. Um, but, uh, but it's been really heads down either at work or doing, uh, some of the game stuff. Now that the switch is back on, we've, we started working back on some of the games for the year. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, it's good to kind of see you popping in and out of, uh, my visual sight range again and, and us having conversations every once in a while. So, uh, you actually do have a topic that you kind of want to touch base on this evening. Uh, but before we get to that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do the shout outs that we have, uh, and, and not put them, not completely space them until the end of the episode again. No, no, g- g- please give them their proper due. <laughs> yes. So, um, like I've kind of covered before, but addictive alchemy, we are, uh, giving shout outs to addictive alchemy. They have been, uh, very cool. They've taken out a website ad, um, and through further conversations, they've actually created a Kickstarter exclusive All Us Geeks card that you can get if you pledge for the game plus stretch goals. So Addictive Alchemy is on Kickstarter right now. They are fully funded. They've actually hit two stretch goals now, and they're moving very close, I believe, to the third one. I think they're like within hundreds of dollars of it, like two, three hundred, somewhere in there. 
Uh, it is going until April 2nd, 2015. Again, that's Addictive Alchemy with the All Us Geeks exclusive Kickstarter card. And go check it out. Again, they have a website uh, ad, so you can come over to allusgeeks.com and click over from there, or just go ahead and search them out uh, as Addictive Alchemy on Kickstarter or, of course, the show notes. And then we had a new shout-out come in today as well from Critical Hit Media, someone who also has a Kickstarter right now called Beasties and Bygones, which is supposed to be a raunchy parody role-playing game. It's a, uh, I believe it's a supplement, uh, but it, 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 they tag it as South Park meets fantasy role-playing. So go check that out. They are uh, going until April 15th, 2015, and they are looking for $2,250, and they are at $1,763 as of this recording. So go check those guys out. Again, that's Beasties and Bygones. And we will, of course, have a link in the show notes. So thanks for the shout out, guys. All right. So business, business aside, Aaron, <laughs> uh, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing really good. I got to say it's it's been a, it's been a very fun week. Um, uh, Steph and I celebrated 12 years of marriage, uh, this last weekend and took a nice long weekend where we played about a hundred dollars worth of brand new board and card games almost all weekend. Uh, plus, you know, nice dinner and obligatory quality times. But, uh, it, it was, it was really, really a, a fun, fun weekend. Um, I've, I, I got to try like the new D and D dice masters game and, um, uh, lost legacy and, one of the Dungeons and Dragons uh, board games, Dritz Stewart, and so I've I've definitely gotten my my game on lately. It's been it's been is really fun. So games, how are those? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well, okay. Here, here's here's my here's my lightning bolt review of all the games that we play. Uh, Lost Legacy is wonderful. I, I kind of liked it. I don't know that Steph liked it as much. Uh, it needs a little bit more interaction. We got the Flying Gardens version for Dritz Urden, myself, Steph, and our five year old son absolutely love this game and cannot wait to get it back to the table and do a co-op dungeon crawl together again. Uh, really, really good game. Um, the D&D Dice Masters, it needs a play mat very badly, in my opinion, uh, to come with it and not and and maybe some better dice bags but that was that's really hard to kind of overcome is where you're supposed to place dice at what points when you i'm sure when we get that it'll click it'll be fine but but it has a it has a little bump that we have to get over and i'm trying to think of the other one that we got i'm i'm totally spacing on it so i apologize but there's there there's the big hits okay yeah i was just there's your i, I was review. just wanting, See? i just want to know like uh how it is to game in general you know Oh, 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 when you don't have, when you actually don't have to, uh, when you don't have to make a video about it. Oh, it's really wonderful. You get to go ahead and, uh, and actually have this thing called fun. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a joyous, joyful experience. You should try it sometime. Maybe invite that nice Canadian boy over. Oh, see, now you've gone too far. <laughs> Jordan actually came over yesterday. We, it, we, um, we didn't actually play anything. We just hung out and, uh, between him and I and Megan, we just BSed for several hours, and that was actually really, really solid. Uh, we haven't done that in quite a while. It's always been, hurry up, we got something to do, or let's do this or do that, or um, I've got an hour here, um, let's 
let's squeeze in a game of something just so we can say we've played something that we wanted to, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Yep. And uh, it was just really nice to kind of just have a just an unwind night. So that was kind of cool. That that is cool. You you have to you have to keep your relationships up, sir. Can't can't just be all gaming all the time. Believe it or not. <laughs> and of course, as I I said on the one daily, you know, I I did have a very nice kind of prototype night with uh, Nate when he came over that uh, this last Sunday. So we got to play test and, and check out each other's prototypes and give some feedback and stuff. So that was a lot of fun too. So I, I've gotten some stuff in. It's just uh few and far between sometimes. Just, just think April's around the corner. Oh my God, <laughs> it is. And proto spiel, <laughs> proto spiel is in April. <laughs> is it? Oh, I, Are you uh, doing a road trip, sir? I am. That's uh that's why Nate was here. Cause this is going to be Nate's oh, first okay. proto spiel. So he brought his prototype over a couple of them actually. And we, uh, played some games but we're gonna road trip it together um i've heard from a couple other people including uh one of our patreon supporters actually that i I had never talked to before he supported us on patreon and he's actually um up in the twin cities and he just recently let me know that he's going as well so i get to meet up with him too so it's this this is going to be a really cool uh proto spiel especially for one that i was like not going to go to (laughs) And, right. and it all just kind of kind of clicked together once uh, Nate started asking more about it and saying he wanted to go. Um, then I kind of fell in with it because I thought it'd be kind of cool to go there with him and and uh, you know experience the first time proto spiel again, you know, kind of deal with yep. with a uh, with somebody else. And uh, yeah, so it's all kind of clicking together. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I, I, I am really looking forward to that trip. Um, now you know it's it's I'm I'm in the middle of obviously an extremely hectic time, and Megan and I are both looking forward to the first weekend in April where there's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, I'm like, oh, is it protospiel time yet? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. That's awesome. Actually busted out the prison game that everybody thinks doesn't exist. I I believe you. I believe it exists. <laughs> if you say it exists, it exists. If yeah. you, but I think you're deluded. But if you say it exists, Jeff, it exists. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, <laughs> uh, dude. So you wanted to have a conversation around um, Kickstarter a little bit. Now, this is not a game of crowdfunding interview. This is just no, Aaron and I. Not. This is just Aaron and I having a, a conversation for you guys. But um, obviously, in, in general, this is one of the topics that you and I would talk about anyway. If there wasn't a mic around, you're so, right. So we just thought we'd we'd do it on mic. <laughs> You're absolutely right. We, we would, this is probably going to be a whole lot faster than me typing in chat with my broken keyboard. <laughs> yes. So, um, so, so yeah, uh, I kind of, I kind of wanted to come on for a, for a follow up for the Kickstarter that we did last year. Uh, last year we did a, a Kickstarter for a card game called Angels Michael's War. Um, you were kind enough to go ahead and have me on the podcast to talk about it and, and give the spiel and quite frankly geek out a little bit because uh, we, we had not gotten to talk before then outside of uh, keyboard typing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I just wanted to talk about, yeah, you know, how, what, what we went through, the lessons we learned and 
um, spoiler alert, why I probably will not do another Kickstarter for a physical game in the near future. Dude. Nothing you, personal. You gave the, you gave you gave the cow away. No, 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 no. Trust me, it's it's the journey that's totally worth it because there there there's there's some other things that go along with that. No. Uh, yeah. So and like uh, Aaron and I were talking about just before I hit record, it was weird because um, Aaron, I he might have been the first um, or or the second, but he he was he was one of the first that the day that he told me. Um, he had asked me if I had some time open, so I sent him the the link because uh, I definitely wanted to talk to him because we hadn't talked in so long. Uh, but then he's like, I, maybe I want to talk about why I might not do Kickstarter anymore. And it, you know, the old saying, it comes in threes. Suddenly, throughout that day, by the end of the day, I had had at least two other people say, uh, "Can I come talk about why I either?" Um, uh, scared of Kickstarter, which we've already had. Ryan was on a while back who said uh, Kickstarter scares the heck out of him. And at least one other person said, I'm not going to use Kickstarter. And I don't know if they ever got a date. But it was just kind of funny because I think it started with Aaron. And all of a sudden it was like, bam, bam, bam. I got all three people in one day. And, and that's not the normal correspondence I get, you know, from, you know, the guy that runs the game of crowdfunding <laughs> interview. Right. <laughs> so it was just really a weird <clears throat> thing. So uh, I was I was glad you're going to come on and, and we could have this conversation. So um, you were successful. Yes. With your absolutely. project. So let's go ahead and I'll let you take over from there. You had a successful project and go. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> So um, the goal that we had set was uh, a very low goal of $777. Um, part of that was thematic. Part of it was we knew that it was a niche game about, uh, well, basically angels and demons. And, you know, some people don't like a little god in their game, and ours definitely had it in there. The, we got uh, $1,498, which is about 192% of funding. So absolutely successful by the by every benchmark we wanted and quite frankly personally fulfilling successful we went into it to have fun and to see this whole kickstarter process and we we mission accomplished um we had 34 backers not a huge swarm of people but uh enough to you know fund us at 192 percent and when we started looking at the trends, uh, we saw when the biggest funding days were, and it was during a convention. Um, and that kind of leads into what we would do differently and, and why we think there might be a, a different path for, for some of the physical card games that we want to do, um, in the future. So the, what would, what would we do differently? First, uh, first and foremost, more marketing. Uh, we would do a blog about the development of the game as we were working on it. We'd make some kind of public, some of that ugly behind the scenes stuff that goes on when making a game, share pics of the play testing, use anything that we had as an excuse to get the name of the game out there and maybe endear folks to our team of people that were working on it. Cause believe it or not, some of us are actually likable. Um, so hey, hey, we, hey. okay. I said some. <laughs> You're, you're not talking to the likable one. <laughs> I, I, I just figured that there were daggers coming through the mic towards me or something when you said No, that. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, all the people that we did interviews with were wonderful, Jeff. <laughs> uh-huh. 
but uh, but honestly, we I, we would have used it a lot more. Uh, we would we've done we would have done a lot more of that marketing. I'm terrible at the Facebook and the Twitter. Um, <laughs> it's just it's not my thing. I I just I'm not I'm not I don't care that much about liking people's stuff. I'm sorry. Um, I would rather have a personal connection with you and shake your hand or talk to you on Skype or in chat rather than, uh, you know, Hey, look, look at this, you know, nice piece of dinner I just ate and please like it because I took a picture of it. I mean, come on. Uh, if that's your thing, I'm terribly sorry, audience. It's, I just can't do it. So, all right, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to pop in here for a second because go for it. one of the things you, you've got to kind of recognize and, and I, I, I get you. I understand what you're talking about because uh, on the social media side of things, I kind of got dragged in kicking and screaming pretty much. Um, back when I first was going to do anything, it was because I was still uh, running and actively involved in Rochester Gamers community. So I set up their Facebook page and stuff like that. So that was the only reason. And, and back then, well, it's still kind of true today, but you couldn't. You couldn't set up any type of page without having a personal profile first. Right. So I was like, I don't want a Facebook profile, but I need one to be able to set up the RGC page. Uh, and that, and then for the longest time, I completely ignored Twitter. Um, and then it wasn't until All Us Geeks that I kind of started messing around with Twitter again. And even though, Twitter annoys me to no end sometimes because I am not a uh, I, I hate typing something out and then going, OK, now let me get creative with it so that it means the same thing, but comes in under 140 characters. Right. Where I can like, you know, kind of explode a little bit more on Facebook. But that all being said, I do love Twitter and for the aspect of you can't deny it's power in networking. I absolutely agree. I, and out of the two, I like Twitter better. Mm-hmm. I will say uh, better than Facebook. I will, I will jump on Twitter and I kind of use it as a news feed because I, I try to follow, you know, some of the other game creators on the game crafter and, and some, some that are not, um, to, to go ahead and, and get cool ideas or, or, you know, see, see what they're working on. But I, I use it more of as a news feed as, as, as opposed to something like a, a personal touch point mm-hmm. to go ahead and say, you reach out and, and say hi to somebody. Yeah. So I, 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 I could see I, that too. Uh, but, so I, yeah. but I, but I would use it more. I mean, that really <laughs> right. is the big thing is, is I know I'm terrible at it. And the first thing we would do differently is totally use these things more and do them much more effectively. Um, the second thing is, to actually find a major game store or retailer to kind of bulk order some of the copies. Um, I actually really wanted to go after a local retailer in the St. Louis area called Miniature Market. You might have heard of them. They're a mm-hmm. decent, decent sized online retailer. Uh, and, you know, pretty good, pretty good guys. I did not, didn't chase that, uh, far enough. And while our project, you know, didn't really benefit greatly from bulk discounts, it would have been nice to go ahead and have that, post Kickstarter sales point of here is a store outside of, you know, a print on demand store or outside of copies I may have in my basement that you can go ahead and go. It adds, uh, adds some legitimacy to, to the game too, because it's showing up on a, on a major retailer's uh, storefront. Um, so that's, that's probably, the, that's the second thing I would have done is, was, was go after one of those retailers. 
and, and the third things we would have done differently um, is really demo more because this was our big win during our Kickstarter campaign. And believe it or not, afterwards, uh, 20% of all of our backers came directly from a local convention called Geekway to the West. It's here in St. Louis. I think they have less than 13 tickets left right now. Not trying to advertise for them, but it, it's a relatively popular um, convention out here. And it's, it's, I would liken it more to a, um, what I hear BGG con is to where it's lots of people getting games from a nice size library and playing them. And they even have some, some, um, tournaments and demos and things of that nature that are pretty much community run as opposed to corporate run. So, um, we sold uh, in addition to Geekway, you know, cause was, that gave us our 20% of our backers. Cause what we did is we did a tournament slash demo during that convention and that was in the middle of our campaign and people just whipped out their phones and went it uh went after it right then or we saw them later on um after after that tournament uh we then took copies to gen con with us after the campaign was over with in august and we put them in their consignment shop because there is no way I was going to pay for a booth at Gen Con. I really wanted to actually enjoy it as a fan and, and see some of those cool new games. But we decided, you know, let's run some tournaments while we're there and give it a little bit of, of press and publicity and quite frankly, have fun because we had a lot of fun running these demos and tournaments at Geekway. So we took copies of the basic version of our game, which is, uh, you know, $17 retail. Uh, and we sold half of them at Gen Con. And if you've ever been to the consignment shop in Gen Con, it is a hassle to try to get through. So um, <laughs> enough people decided, wow, we really like this game after playing it with us, that they were willing to go through the hassle of getting it. And that, that was a huge win for us. Um, and the, in, in addition to that, we actually had folks order copies online later on. They even, you know, we, we've sent emails to, or I should say they emailed us. We kept in touch with them and they said, yeah, you know, if you'd unlock that really cool special edition that you did only during the Kickstarter, I might be willing to go ahead and pay, you know, some extra money for it. And so, you know, why the heck not? Um, so we, we, we did, uh, we did the tournaments and demos and, and we would have done more of it because there was such a, such a turnout of actually getting product into other people's hands um, more so than, than even I would have to say the, the general Kickstarter because a lot of the others that would come would be people that I could either show it to or watch your reviews. And that's really the, uh, one of the big things that reviews do, especially video reviews is it shows people the game shows them how to play it. And yes, it gets an opinion from somebody that they trust, but it's a way of demoing the game without you actually physically being there. I just can't travel to all 48, you know, states uh, underneath Canada and hang out in Hawaii and Alaska too to go show everyone this game. Um, so, you know, we re you have to rely on reviews to go ahead and do that. Okay. And uh, on a personal level, um, those demos, we met some of the most amazing people in, in those demos and tournaments that we did. And, uh, they, not to sound sappy, but it, it, they truly honor us by putting a copy of our game on their shelves. They were just really cool people. Some of them were veterans who I didn't even know the guy had, had lost a leg while we were playing and he stands up with his cane and I mean, you know, service to our country and says, I absolutely love this game. I want it. And I'm thinking, wow, this, this guy who I would personally think of as a hero, um, actually wants something that I made. Okay. 
yes, by all means. Um, it just, it just blows us away that, that, that we got to meet some, some really cool people along the way and that they actually want our games on their shelf. So those are the big three things I would totally do differently. Any questions so far? <laughs> uh, what was that first word you said? <laughs> <laughs> right, no, right. <laughs> no, um, so, okay, I mean, those were th- things that you said you would kind of do differently, and almost all three of them can still kind of work towards promotion of a Kickstarter. So let, let's get to the meat of the the reason you wanted to come on why are you leaning towards not utilizing kickstarter again um two reasons two reasons uh one is shipping shipping sucks for (laughs) kickstarters uh there's no way around it and we use probably the easiest shipping method known to man we went through the game crafters bulk order fulfillment service which i absolutely love and i will tout to anybody and have um, we got all of our backer information. We put it into a spreadsheet. We uploaded the spreadsheet to the game crafter. They printed the copies and shipped them out from their warehouse. So I never got to, never had to see the copies. Um, and it, there was two instances, one with a box that got beat up a little bit and game crafter went ahead and replaced it. And, uh, I think there was, there was one, there was some, some other, ins- oh, um, uh, a box got returned. Because the the guy never picked it up off his off his doorstep, and uh, so I had them ship it to my house since he was a a local person and got to give it back to him. But the cost of the shipping in general ro- rose the price of the game to where um, it w- it was kind of stretching the limit that we wanted to sell it for. So for the basic game, we currently listed around seventeen dollars. Uh, personally, I look at the game and I go, I'd pay fifteen to twenty dollars for it. We had to go ahead and put it at the $20 level on our Kickstarter to go ahead and cover for some of that shipping cost. Um, and, and it's just, I, I just hate how much that, 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 that raises up the price. Um, and the second reason that, uh, that why we wouldn't really go to Kickstarter, not, you know, not just the, the shipping that, that really drives up the price, but, uh, we got more out of the demos. Um, minute for minute, pound for pound, we got personally and sales more from demoing than anything else that we did. If I, I would show somebody the game, we would play it. They'd say, great. I'd, I'd want a copy. I would rather go ahead and take the time, energy and effort that we spent in the Kickstarter and buy a table at, let's just say Geekway to the West and demo, uh, maybe have four or five different games sitting at the table in, in our library and demo them to people and have copies right there where they can sell. Because if we had copies in our hand during that first tournament and even at Gen Con, um, I, I could have, I could have said, you know, give me $15, give me $20, whatever, somewhere in those price. And the, they would have sold. We could have sold easily 70 copies the, at the very first tournament. And that really showed me some of the power of the instant gratification that Kickstarter cannot give people. Um, show me the game. Let me play the game. Let me interact with the game and some the, the creators. Some people want to do that. Uh, and then, then I'll go ahead and, and invest in it. And don't make me wait a month, two months, three months while this shipping uh, takes forever to get to my house. Yeah, I that one I I'm fully on board with for sure. And of course, shipping is the bane of anybody that runs Kickstarter, especially if you don't 
take the time to figure it out early. Um, the one thing I would point out for you is you did your project back before Kickstarter had that the the shipping integration that they do now. Yes. Uh, so you you were kind of doing the what can my blanket cost be to cover shipping in various ways and and stuff like that versus today where um, it's becoming kind of almost some some people are still kind of railing against it, but it's almost becoming second nature. You know, oh this is fifteen dollars, and you go on and it's like oh it's twenty four dollars. Oh okay, there's the shipping is now getting added on, um, right? <clears throat> which uh, I'm fine with, but it does kind of, especially uh, for as long as Kickstarter has been doing it the other way, when the first few times you kind of do it, you kind of go, what the heck? <laughs> uh, but it, it's, it's, it's a lot better than I've actually been caught. I think once I got caught with um, one of the projects that tried to do something like that before Kickstarter did it. So they're like, here's the price. And you paid it. And then like right when they were getting ready to ship, they're like, oh, by the way, you never paid a shipping. Like, what are right. you talking about? It's like, well, if you read the fine print. <laughs> I, I, I think I remember seeing, either, if not that project, then then that rings a bell because I remember seeing that and I'm going, man, I, I don't think I could do that to somebody. That that would really kind of be rude. And now it's becoming the norm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, I get all that. The instant gratification thing, though, is, is huge, um, especially if you are doing – Massive amount of demos. I mean, I, I know you said that you got some backers off of doing it, but I, I fully agree with you that there's a good chance you would have sold more if you had it on hand and could have just handed it over because of the instant gratification. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I've done the same thing. Like, I, when I, I, re, I still remember right when Last Night on Earth first came out, um, I, I got it early ish and I started demoing it at cons um just my personal copy just there, there was a, a there's a con that we really used to like to go to uh it was kind of just this little small con it was our favorite small con ever it, it was just a great time for all of us to get away uh megan would come with and and it was just just a very casual environment for us but if you basically if you like ran one game you got in free for the weekend so i always ran some stuff Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And so I was I was sitting there demoing last night on Earth and I think there was one copy left from somebody there that was one of the vendors. And I remember one of the guys just going, Stop, if you don't mind, I need to get up right now. And he walked over and bought the last copy. And then after like a couple of years of that, it got to the point where like the, the one vendor was always like, well, can you try to get your table down by me? And what games are you demoing this, this con? Because <laughs> <laughs> inevitably, whatever I was demoing, because I, you know, I, it was relatively new stuff that not everybody had heard of. Uh, and so he was always trying to like match up what he was bringing with what I was demoing that year. And I still remember because one of the other things, we, they had somebody in, in costume um, for another zombie game and these guys that were making a zombie movie and I got all the guys dressed up in zombie makeup to play the zombie side on Last Night on Earth with a bunch <laughs> nice. of other players. But yeah, so everybody's just like, can, can I, can, does everybody at the table mind if we just pause for a minute? I'm going to go buy this game right now. <laughs> you know, so there's a, there's a big thing to that for that instant gratification thing for sure. 
Yeah, I, and and you know, I, I when we when we were at Gen Con, I really kind of looked at even even what we were doing. Uh, you know, we're, we're walking around the booths. We're sitting here going, okay, yeah, show me your game because that's one of to me that's one of the fun things of going to uh, a big game convention like Gen Con. You can walk the the the, the trade floor. And it'll take you all weekend to walk around and say, show me your game and they'll show you the game. And if you really like it, you know, you got $20, $25 in your pocket, you'll, you'll go ahead and spend it. Um, so uh, looking at our own personal buying habits and then n- seeing what, what people were saying, you know, well, how, where can I get the game? Well, we we're saying, well, it's on Kickstarter. They kind of went, oh, okay. Well, well, when will it be out? Okay. Well, that, that killed the instant gratification for them. Um, and I'd, I'd much rather capitalize on something like that than, than, than getting their buy-in, um, I guess for, for something that may come out later on. And we even, we even got the copies to everybody early and I still feel bad about it <laughs> because I know that we could have, I know that other people could have had it. I kind of, I kind of look at it. Um, James Ernest, the, uh, founder of cheap ass games. Yeah. He's, I, I've always kind of liked him from a business point of view because I thought his games were hilarious and, and I loved his business model of do it yourself. Um, he tells stories of going to conventions like when he first started bringing his suitcase of his printed games from the laser printer, fresh off the laser printer, um, and setting up a booth at a con and just sold enough copies to, to pay for the booth plus maybe some extras. And when he was out, he was out. And that's really how cheap ass game started it didn't start with him going through diamond distributors and there was not a kickstarter back then and things of that nature and i i kind of look at that and go you know that still would work today and i think that that would probably be the 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 method i would like to try for for something like the physical games all right but you bring up james and james is now utilizing kickstarter quite a bit which i think is hilarious (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've, I've listened to to some uh, to some interviews with him about that lately too, um, and uh, I don't know why he hasn't come on all us geeks yet. Jeff, could you could you arrange for that, please? Oh, that yes. way, I'm guaranteed to listen to him. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's kind of funny of, of him saying, "Well, now the printing back then um, it was it was a little bit of a novelty, but now you now you have so many professional print on demand printers and so many." small press printers that are getting into the game, you can't do a cheap game like that anymore. You have to have something much more professional looking and things like Kickstarter are now disrupting that whole uh, um, retailer mentality. So you don't have to go through a lot of those retailers if you don't want to. Um, so yes, he he's now morphing into that to that uh, from just showing up at a booth and demoing stuff to, well, he's also built quite a name for himself. Let's be honest and can go ahead and go on Kickstarter and do that. I mean, that's, that's why I, I look at some Kickstarters that are asking for 11 or $12,000 and may not be as successful as something like a train maker. Um, for, and I'm sorry to mention Mr. Leader's game on your podcast. Ah, I understand. You could have, you could have said that you could have said the game name without mentioning his name. God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Would it help if I said I, I like zombies? Uh, I'm not, you could have just said that little game that Grey Gnome Games is putting out. You can mention Jason. Oh, okay. Well, anyhow, so so Jason has a has a history of of having uh, successful Kickstarters and has built a name for himself. And you know, some of the difference between no name 
asking for the same amount of money versus something like a green home games, which has a bit of a following and a designer that designed probably one of my favorite family games of all time roll for it. Um, you know, you, when you put those names together and those followings, you kind of goes back to the marketing that their marketing becomes a little bit easier because they have their, their built in audience coming to buy it. Yeah. So. Jason's done a great job of building up his, his rep, but I mean, he, he did it that kind of, same way that you sort of started out with, and that was small projects building up into kind of bigger projects and just continuing to provide consistency and quality. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's absolutely worked for him. It would not work for me <laughs> the, the, for, for, for what we want to do. <laughs> so then are you kind of looking at um, doing kind of a con circuit with, with games? And stuff? Are, are you looking at like – bulk ordering X number of copies ahead of time? Because, I mean, that that's one of the big things, right, for trying to attempt the Kickstarter process to get your games out there is not having the upfront cost for it. Right. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, it's funny. We, we every, every October through January, we take that time off, right? Well, um, during the time that we're not doing games, we actually kind of have a meeting about, well, what do we want to do in the next year? And we look at what's been successful, what hasn't, um, what, what we, what we want to do and, you know, what, what really drives us. And so, uh, the, the things that we kind of came up with, uh, for, well, what are our next steps? How do we go ahead and get games out there? Cause this is, this is a very fun hobby that we enjoy as a couple and we bring family and friends into it as well. Um, so one, we're, we're, we're still going to go ahead and release all of our angel expansions that, that we have that were done, uh, for, for our angels Kickstarter and, and a couple extras that we've been working on because it's, it's still a fun game and we really, really enjoy it. Um, and we want to, we want to continue supporting it as far as getting into people's hands. It's going ahead and, and, putting things out there in the, the Facebook and the Twitter, which I'm terrible at, but also, yes, having, having some physical copies on hand and going out to like stores and demoing and things like that. We probably won't do a lot of that demoing uh, this year because this year is a lighter year for us. Um, we're putting family money, resources, and time towards something called a Disney vacation. <laughs> um, um, so that, that kind of sucks up uh, some of the stuff, some of the, some of the time and money that we'd spend on that. But but next year it'll open up a little bit. Um, and the other thing that we, that we decided that this year that we're really working on is uh, role playing games. We, uh, we actually started making role playing games in 2009. That's when, that's when ANSR started. And every single month I can pretty much count on 10 to $13 of money just coming into the door from a game that we made in 2009 and have never advertised still and that that's a, that's amazing to me and every single time that we put out a new um something for it be it a setting or or maybe some rules options or things of that nature um it we we always see a a, a spike in sales so um we're actually doing a second edition of our role playing games and those are all pdfs um they're they're print on demand pdf things through places like the game crafter and drive through rpg and rpg now um, and because that's, that's really what has worked. And with those, since they're PDF files that you download, there isn't a lot of physical copies to, to drag around. Now they are, every, both places have, uh, have printable versions that you can go ahead and order. And we are absolutely going to do that. And as far as going on a huge circuit of cons, 
not this year, 2016. I would, I would actually like to try to go ahead and, and get a booth. I honestly, I won't know if we're going to do that till, um, probably November when we go for our 2016 planning. But, uh, in 2016, I'd, I'd like to try to, try to do a booth and bring an entire library of games, um, Angels, Michael's War, few of the others that we have done in the past and some physical printed copies of those role-playing games that we've been working on that we're going to release probably at the end of the year or the beginning of, of 2016. Um, and, and just, just see if I'm right. Just see if, just see if the James Ernest trick will work. The old James Ernest trick will work of <laughs> take stuff to cons, sell it, demo it. And, uh, really, I, I'm kind of, kind of looking forward to it so that I can meet people and shake their hands and say hi to them and, and, uh, and, and make a personal connection with them. This is a, this is a face to face hobby. I, um, we, it, it's all about, it's all about meeting somebody and spending some time with them and, uh, parting ways, either hating them because they, they beat you or saying, man, that was a really fun time, but either way, making a connection with somebody and nothing gets you there. Like actually, like actually demoing it or holding a tournament or being there in front of them. Um, and then they want to take a memento of that time, which is usually your game. And I, and I love that. I love that aspect. I, I did not expect to love it as much during our Kickstarter process that we did, uh, this year uh, or last year. And, uh, and it really, it really is, is driving us now. Okay. So, uh, do, do you have any cons that you are going to this year? I know, uh, the, the vacation, because that's, that's the big reason why I didn't even attempt Gen Con last year was our vacation. So I, I know right. that's uh, that's that's pulling a nice chunk away. I'm assuming you're probably not hitting va- uh, Gen Con this year. I'm not hitting Gen Con this year. I'm going to go to uh, we're, we're, actually we're we're all going to go go to Geekway. Um, that's actually going to be um, my son's first convention because he he keeps staying at St- uh, Steph's parents' house. Anytime that we go to like a convention or, or, you know, Gen Con or anything like that. And so he says, he actually asked me last year after Gen Con, daddy, when do I get to go to a convention? So, um, I'm going to go. Yeah. It's really kind of, it's very fun. He, he really enjoys playing games with us and I don't blame him because he wins a lot. Um, (laughs) he's seriously the luckiest kid in the world. I, I, he has beat six grown adults and roll for it and honestly beat us. Um, (laughs) But uh, so we're going to go to Geekway to the West uh, for sure. Steph and I are probably going to spend a couple days there. And then like the Saturday or Sunday, um, we'll we'll go ahead and, and bring our, our kiddo up there and say, this is what a game convention is. And we're going to sit down and play games with perfect strangers and um, and just kind of show him show him what it's like next year. Honestly, don't know. Uh, I would like to go to Geekway again because it's nice and local. It's very, very easy to get to, obviously. Um I don't know. I don't know about Gen Con though. I, I've never been to Origins. I kind of, I'm kind of thinking maybe I go to Origins. I also want to look at some of the more local cons here in the, in the St. Louis and maybe even Kansas City area that, uh, that we can go ahead and maybe even do booth space if that's, if that's really what we decide to do. But for sure, I think Geekway is going to be a staple for us. I love local cons. So yeah, the, the smaller local cons can be a lot of fun and, um, a lot less expensive for booth space too. So it's, it might right. be a little bit easier for you to get your money back for sure. Uh, and, and usually, um, you know, there's, there's one thing to be said, you know, there's, if, if there's a major like uh game store from the area that has a vendor booth, 
Yeah, yep. you know, that they're going to have like everything, but there's always something to be said for it. And at least from my opinion, I always hone in a lot on the local guys that are trying to get their game out there. And, and, you know, that's where I first met Ben Harkins from floodgate games and Adam and Josh Carlson from uh, chip theory games and stuff like that. It's because they're, they're local designers and publishers. Uh, and I met them just their, their little, you know, eight, eight foot table space that they had at one of our, our local cons uh, and just kind of had really good conversations with them and got to know the guys behind the games um, and just built those relationships. I and mean, that's where I first met Matt Warden as well. So uh, yeah. there's definitely something to be said for that. So I think local cons are awesome for that. Well, it, you know, it's kind of funny. I actually saw, um, uh, you know, the game Survivalistic that's on the Game Crafter. They, they, they've done a couple featured games and things of that nature on the site occasionally. Yep. Um, which, very good game. He actually, William is, is his name, he, him and his wife, and they had... I, a kiddo, I can't, I don't even know how exactly how old she was, but wonderful family. They had their own booth, had it all set up, and they had they had all of one game. And it was like, wow, man! Uh, so, h- how much did you spend on this booth? And they're from they're from about the Kansas City area, and uh, I think they said something like, you know, may- maybe around three hundred and fifty dollars or so for the whole weekend, and that included their badges. So, I mean, that it's a steal. You can absolutely make your money back on stuff like that. And yes. He offered a game that none of the other retailers that were there, Miniature Market was there um, with with tons and tons and tons of games. Um, and I think uh, another local retailer, Game Night, was there, but nobody had Survivalistic. And here, here he was demoing it, and he was selling them. He was selling tons of copies. It was really neat to see. Uh, so I'd like to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it depends, too. I mean, depending on, on the con, and of course – the smaller the con, the less people that are going to be around too, potentially. Sure. So you got to watch for that. But I think um, I've gotten space down to like anywhere from 50 to to $100 a day. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and that included two badges. So, yeah, it's it just depends on the on the con and stuff. But it's it's definitely, yeah, like you said, it's not, not, only, not only is it getting to know the people, but you're right. It's like. Uh, this this game isn't in retail. You're not going to be able to go over to Miniature Market and grab it, but you can grab it right here and play it with the designer. And hey, I can sign the box if you want me to. You know, the, all those little things. Right. So. Absolutely right. And and it and that's a fun con experience. That's that's part of the reason people go to conventions. Yeah. I mean, I I still have my card, my Illuminati New World Order card signed by Steve Jackson, um, and and I loved it. It was it was one of those magical moments for me. Um, so. But anyhow, so that that's kind of our plan. I don't know that we'll do a full con circuit, but I totally want to want to at least uh, try our hand in 2016 at, at one of them. And uh, and really, uh, anytime I order from the Game Crafter now, um, e- even if it's a prototype of a new game, uh, we'll, we'll spend a little extra cash in ordering a couple extra copies for some other ones, so that we can take it to you know a little store around or hold a local tournament at a at a game store and say and by the way here you go if you want them they they have them over there behind the counter and whatever they don't sell them taking home. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah, especially if, yeah if you've got those nice localish game stores that that are willing to do stuff like that, uh, or like there are some that'll even do like on on consignment and stuff like that as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's always nice when you can get those relationships going. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. All right. Well, we've talked a while. <laughs> yes, and I appreciate your time. I didn't mean to keep you up so late. No, this is <laughs> this is uh, this is awesome. Like I said, you and I haven't had a chance to really have a conversation in a while. So uh, I know, and in eight minutes, uh, Arrow's coming on with the new Suicide Squad episode. So yeah, that might have to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> I won't ruin for it, ruin it for you in chat then. Especially if I have to, you know, get this out yet tonight. Oh, fine. <laughs> yeah. Although I have a feeling, uh, I'll just say this here. You, it, it, I won't record it up front, but this may be a non-edited episode just to make sure it gets out. Because this, <laughs> this is bordering on full-blown editing time. <laughs> well. I, I sincerely hope all my uhs don't uh, don't sound too bad. Though. Oh, don't worry. Mine mine will overpower yours any day of the week. <laughs> Says the professional. Yeah, for somebody that does this all the time, you think I'd get better at speaking. Words no good for me. <laughs> uh, so before um, before I do the wrap up here, uh, first of all. You're on, so I like to uh, show my appreciation in person. So thank you for your donation to the Pledge Drive. Oh, my pleasure. It's, thank you. Thanks, thanks for offering a chance to go ahead and contribute to the to the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund. That's a really good cause. Yeah, and it's you know uh, we've got a couple charities that we want to maybe rotate in and out, but it was kind of a no brainer again. Jordan and I just kind of looked at each other and said, "Yep, Jack Vassal Memorial Fund again." Uh, cause it is, a, it is a good cause. And of course we've talked about not, I haven't talked about it as much this time around, but the last time we did it is, you know, our, our former co-host, uh, actually had to utilize the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund at one time. So we, uh, know person personally and firsthand, um, how awesome it is to have that there. Uh, I've also, uh, Matt Warden, when he was going through, uh, a lot of his stuff. He almost had to use it. Uh, he ended up not needing to, but he was very close and he was grateful for that being there uh, if he did need it. So it is definitely something that is awesome. And it is just one more of those ways that, you know, us gamers are kind of looking out for each other and, and, and kind of the overwhelming, overarching uh, blanket of community, which I think is amazing. So I'm happy to do it again. All right. Don't get choked up. Don't get choked up. <laughs> uh, do you want to uh, take off or do you want to stick around when I while I do housekeeping stuff? <laughs> I would absolutely love to stick around and do housekeeping stuff. I mean, I know I'll listen to it tomorrow, but come on. <laughs> All, right. All right. So here we go. Uh, let's go ahead and run down the stats and see where we sit today, shall we? Uh, Patreon. We are still at $125 a month. So again, if we can potentially get to $150 a month there, we go, we will retroactively go back for everything we brought in during the pledge drive in March and split that 80-20 with the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund. But as we sit right now, we are splitting it 70-30. So the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund is getting 70% of what we bring in in March. Uh, speaking of what we bring in in March, that hasn't changed since last night. But we have gotten some stuff in, like I talked about up, up front. We had a, a new shout-out. But we also had somebody pay for advertising that they're going to take out with us in April, and they paid for it today so that it can count towards the pledge drive. So a uh, quick uh, up front, spoiler, teaser, whatever, uh, 
Bill Shakespeare is Dead is coming to Kickstarter very soon in April. And Brick and Brack Games. And if that sounds familiar, that's one of the... Paul is a writer for All Us Geeks now. But he has taken out advertising for his upcoming Kickstarter. Paid for it today. So be on the lookout for that on Kickstarter. Thank you again, Paul. So because of that, and because we're doing a 70-30 split, we are currently at $269.82 for the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund. That is awesome. And we are just that much closer to that $300 mark where we put another game in the prize pool for April. So again, we are giving away Space Mission, Dig Down Dwarf, and Havoc and Hijinks. At $300, we add Walkstar. And then if we hit $400, uh, we'll be adding Sheriff of Nottingham. But not only that, I've had two, uh, two indie designers over the GameCrafter reach out and said if we could hit $400... They would donate games for the two prize packages because if you remember I've said before that not only will we add Sheriff of Nottingham, but if we happen to get to $400, I would make a second prize package so we'd have two things to give away in April. They've offered to add games to both prize packages if we hit the $400. So that is awesome. Thanks again, guys. That's uh, Ben from Argyle Games and uh, Tom Morrell, Aaron. Uh, he has a game called Table Golf, and Ben has Food Town Throwdown, which is going to be coming back to Kickstarter here soon, and I believe those are the games that they were talking about adding. So thank you, guys. And, again, that's if you guys can help us get to $400 for the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund. We're getting close. So how can you help out? Well, Patreon, we talked about that. Again, that's where you can uh, help us out if you want to support us on a monthly basis. That's where we go to. We know what we're bringing in uh, every month and watch the bills get paid out of that. And uh, again, if you enjoy what we do as far as videos and the website and the podcast, then that's a way that you can support us monthly. We've got various uh, reward levels and, of course, various milestones on the site as well. As, as we hit them, uh, we unlock different things like more that we're giving to charity at some point, we can eventually get to the point where the pledge drive is 100% about charity, and I would love that uh, if we can get there by like even next year or the year after. Whenever we get there is, would be amazing because I do want to make the pledge drive as much about charity as possible. If you are not interested in doing the monthly support but want to do one-shot support during the month of March, that is awesome as well. Uh, allusgeeks.com. Again, you can donate to us any time of year or do any of these things I'm about to talk about at any time of the year. But in March especially is when we do that split with the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund or a charity. This year it happens to be Jack Vassal Memorial Fund. And what you can do is you can do a donation of any size. There's a donate button there. Anything that you want to give is greatly appreciated. And again, use the notes for that to let us know if there's something you want us to say or if you want to remain anonymous. And you can do the $5 shout-outs. So again, that's like what um, Beasties and Bygones did. They did a $5 shout-out. And that is a tweet size shout-out, basically. 140 characters plus a URL. And uh, we will add, we will talk about that, add it to the show notes, all that good stuff. 
And let's see, you can do the audio ads, which is $15 per episode if you record it, $25 per episode if we record it. And again, that's a 30-second audio ad. You can also take out a website ad. Uh, these are usually specifically for Kickstarters. But again, if you want to let us know in advance, uh, if you want to take out something later but want to pay for it now so it gets counted for the charity, I am all for that. And again, the website ad, by the time it's all said and done, it's like $5 to us. And again, that's what we will split with the charity. Uh, you can pay rush review fees in advance if you want to. And again, you can give us rush review fees, and then we'll talk about when you give us the game later. But if we get it in March, it goes to the charity. Split with the charity. <laughs> <laughs> just just want to make sure I cover my bases there. And um, I totally recommend paying for a review in advance, by the way, to, <laughs> to all your listeners. We do our best to work with you. Uh, especially if you're willing to support during March. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, that should be about all of the various ways, I believe, that you can support us monetarily. Again, for those of you who cannot uh, support us monetarily or not in a situation to do that, that is that is perfectly fine as well. Again, uh, there are various things that you can do as a listener and or supporter that don't cost money. You can share our Patreon page. You can share our podcast. You can share uh, things that we write on the website or retweet us, all that good stuff. You can like us and follow us, and all that good stuff on all the various social media. And interact with us. That is a huge one. Jordan and I both love to interact with people that actually check out the podcast and uh, we like to get to know people that are listening. So reach out, say hello, and start a conversation. And we will definitely uh, have a conversation back with you because we absolutely love the interaction that we have with our listeners at this time. All right. I believe that'll bring me to the end of this episode. Aaron, thanks for hanging out with me tonight, brother. Oh, Jeff, it, absolute pleasure, man. Been way too long. Uh, well, I'll have to come on again when I actually have something important to say. <laughs> Uh, you've always got something important to say, my friend. <laughs> oh, you, you flatter me, sir. Now I, now I have to give you more money. Dang it. Oh, yeah, you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're and, a sad, sick little man. And, and before we go, before we go, because you are a supporter during the pledge drive, I believe you made a request. Oh, what, what was my request? Uh, Hold on. Ready? Okay. This is just for you, brother. <laughs> Gorsh. <laughs> Thanks for coming on tonight, Aaron. <laughs> oh, that's great, Goofy. <laughs> well, uh, I guess I'll see you later, pal. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> see Gorsh. you later. Hot dog. <laughs> I will be back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>